Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane and we are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on this Family Tree Podcast episode 196. What are we going to do for 200? We got to do something. I feel, you know, 200 will be done keto. Life will be slightly less chaotic and stressful because your show filming will be over. So I feel like we party on the podcast. Yeah, let's party. By the time episode 200 comes out, I think it will be St. Patrick's Day time. It'll be pretty much... Birthday. Oh, your birthday is March 20th. So why don't we do a party? Like we will do open up the bottle of wine. We will do the reading of the tasting notes. We will do a martini. Oh, okay. Traditional date night episode. I like that. Fun yeah. and frivolous. I love it. I, that's my favorite way to, of everything. So we're doing a keto diet, and for people who don't know what that is, that is a high-fat, kind of high-protein, but not as much protein as people might think. I believe it's 20 to 30% protein Mm -hmm. in your diet, and the rest is fats. And it's a little tricky to stay in ketosis, but once you are in ketosis, what that means is your body is burning your fat. It's running on that fuel instead of glucose, which your body normally runs off of. Yeah, which you get from carbohydrates. So like usually, and you sugar, know, yeah. if you go for a run, it's like, okay, eat a bowl of pasta before your run so that you have that energy and that your body can burn the carbs. But then with keto, your body's not really burning carbs and it switches into let's burn your fat when we do that for energy. And uh, it's interesting. I Okay, I want to actually talk about this. I didn't have mm-hmm. this written down. But people are curious about the keto thing, whatever. And what I like about it, I want to say what I like and what I don't like. What I don't like is that with anything, you know, if you're eating a certain way, like you can't just have exactly what it is you want to have. Like I saw a Reese Big Cup in the store and I couldn't have that. But then I came home and made a keto version. But I like that the high fat portion of it is so fun because we can eat so many fun foods still like We've been making cheesecakes, almond flour cakes. We have vanilla whipped cream in our coffee every morning. And that kind of stuff is so fun. And I wouldn't be eating like that regularly. No, absolutely not. But on the flip side, you, for the first 14 days, I mean, my body was in constant physical pain Mm -hmm. because I was working out in addition to doing this. I was exhausted by 7 p.m. 7 p.m. felt like 2 a.m. So lethargic at the beginning But once you get through that phase, which is called keto flu, which almost 100% of people who try the keto diet, especially if they've never done it before, are going to experience this. So do not be alarmed, but be aware. It's like anything, uh, you know, you go through, your body goes through withdrawals. If you were to stop coffee, Mm -hmm. uh, imagine what your body would do. And this is very similar when you cut off the amount of sugar you're used to and the amount of uh, bread. So your body does kind of spiral out a little bit in uh, an interesting way that might be uh, something to think about when you start keto. If you're ever thinking of it, do it at a low stress time in your life. What I want to say, though, because Shane said he's working out a lot, blah, blah, blah. So to the average person, you might think, okay, Shane's getting a workout in every day. I want to point out how much Shane is working out because this is a conversation topic of his of its own. But Every, what do you think, 10 minutes, you're doing some kind of exercise, whether it's push-ups, whether it's weights, whether it's something. How often do you think you're doing something? Every 35 minutes, I'm either doing push-ups, 30 push-ups, or I'm doing a tri-exercise or a bi-exercise or my traps. 
you know, I basically want to look like Jeremy Allen White <laughs> for this uh, shoot that I'm doing where I'm playing a, essentially a male Hooters waiter. But uh, my body is a little bit older and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm getting as muscular as I had imagined in three weeks time I could. And obviously in my mind, I thought I would be Jeremy Allen White in the, uh, <laughs> what was that ad for? Calvin Klein. Yeah. I always want to say Gap, which that'd be a very weird Gap ad, but. That'd be hilarious. That's ad. the bod I'm after. And in doing my research, I think it would actually take me closer to six months to achieve that bod. But my eyes got big and I thought I could do it. <laughs> well, you look great. And it is, it's interesting living with, an actor who's preparing for a role like this because you're an actor now. There's no getting around that. You are now an actor. I did not marry an actor, but you are one. It's very cool. And it's honestly, it's interesting to see the prep that has to go into because like you're taking on a role of a guy who is super buff, who works at this place called Bulges, which is like a Hooters, but men are working there and they've got Bulges. Well, he's an aging waiter. So he's kind of wondering, he's at that point in his life where he's wondering, am I too old to mm -hmm. be working at a Hooters, like a male Hooters? But in in this world, he's actually 10 years younger than me. So <laughs> we make everyone 10 years younger. So this guy's pushing 30. Right. In real life, I'm obviously 40. And part of the comedy comes from how, you know, when I was young, there was a show called 90210 where Luke Perry was obviously close to 30 and he was playing a 17 year old. Mm -hmm. So now we're doing a guy who's obviously 40 <laughs> playing a guy pushing 30. Um, no, it's, it's honestly all fascinating. I feel like some days, uh, you know, when we're right in the keto, you're on your like third workout. I'm like, you are a pretty extreme, but less extreme still somehow version of Kim Kardashian prepping for that Marilyn Monroe dress. Oh, was that documented? No, but that's oh. just what, because she had like three weeks to do it. Mm, and that's yeah. basically, you had four weeks to prep for this role. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's a very similar kind of thing. Although your product, I say, is much more respectable than Kimmy's was. She wore a dress for a night. You're going to have a show that's going to live on forever that we can show to our grandkids. The show might be terrible, but you know, Still we're putting it. in the effort and anytime you have a goal... It is fun to mm -hmm. do everything you can to achieve that goal because, you know, it'd be very hard to stick to this diet mm -hmm. if I didn't have that dangling carrot of I have to wear a belly top. <laughs> what are they called? Crop top? Crop tops. Crop top. Belly top's fine. Yeah, um, and I'm putting the belly in belly top. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Every day I look at this mirror in our bathroom. I look like I have a six pack. I come downstairs. I got nothing. Nothing. It's the best mirror in the world, the one upstairs. It's the best mirror yeah. in the world. And it is so untrue. Yeah. And the lighting in there makes you look tanned all the time. It's crazy. So I was transferring because I need my phone to have be free of space. And anyone who transfers anything to their computer knows that takes long. But Alex went out. You took the kids to like tennis or something. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, good. Alex won't see that my most recent photos on my computer are me <laughs> in the mirror taking pictures of myself but of course it's taking so long you walk in you're like what's that and you look at my photos and they're all these vanity pics of me in the mirror like flexing my hardest i'm like just sending them to the guys showing them my progress you're is that what you were doing you were sending them to your to the guys on the well, show i was planning on doing that but what happened is the mirror was so dirty and <laughs> people can probably relate to this anytime you take a a nice picture of the mirror and the uh Let's say you look great, but you kind of miss that your mirror's covered yeah. in like toothbrush spots because especially if you have children, 
then everyone's just like, nice mirror. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, they're ticks. Yeah, if you post that in on Instagram, all your comment section will be filled with the mirror. And if you send it to your friends, it'll be the mirror comments. It's like if you do a screen grab and your battery percentage is mm. low. Everyone just wants to comment on your iPhone battery 100%. running dangerously low. Oh, somebody was commenting on the dust on my dash, my car dash last week because I posted a fun song. I was like, thanks, jerk, for ruining the fun moment. But I do got to say, like, everybody has that mirror in your house. And I think you need to. I honestly think everybody needs to have a mirror that you like and that you feel like you look good in. Like, I'll look in that mirror. I'll look in that mirror the day after I gave birth and be like, oh, yeah, I'm looking great. And I look like a woman who just had birth. But in that mirror, it boosts me up so much. It boosts my confidence, pumps my tires, and I will leave on a good note for the rest of the day. You know, if I don't look mm-hmm. in any of the other house mirrors, if I just look in that and leave the house, I'm feeling amazing. Is the come down worth it though? Yes. I don't come down from it. If, oh, like, I do. No, no, no. I'm fine. I just go back and look in that mirror again. No, but so I'll think I'm looking good. And then someone's <laughs> like, hey, Shane, say cheese. Next thing I know, photos online and I'm looking... Not good. Photos suck no matter what, though. Like, photos always suck. Unless you're taking it on your phone with your preferred angle and the best light, they're always going to suck. Okay, we've done 10 minutes on well, our vanity. No, no, I actually have more questions about it because I did oh, okay. have, yeah, I did yeah, have questions cool. about this written oh. for the opening. Oh. So I go into Shane's office yesterday, right? And again, leading up to the shoot, we're busy all day, all night. But Shane's got all of the actors that he's hired for all the roles and they're on the ground and he's got the pictures cut out and the the names of the people they're playing and there's like 50 photos all on the ground of these people and it looks like you're on i don't know like law and order svu or something yeah you know like connecting all the dots and i was looking through them and I, i'm curious because you have hired because of the nature of the show and the nature of these guys having to be hot and fit you've hired a lot of hot fit guys like total buff hunks yeah right and i'm in a lot of conversations right now with like girlfriends and on my um, instagram account just about women and aging and it's just something that comes up all the time Mm -hmm. and how we feel as we age and i wanted to ask you if men have the same maybe not on the same scale but if men have the same uh, insecurities as women as they age and Mm -hmm. if doing this show and like hiring all these buff young dudes if you're kind of above that or if you know that kind of brings any insecurities out well first off the insecurities are not the same as women and i think everyone would know because just the way it would seem that society's set up the patriarchy set this up i think right that's what we say it's (laughs) it's youth based Mm -hmm. youth is so coveted and there's this idea that all men age like fine wine which of course is not true but that's the idea so even men who aren't aging like fine wine they still feel like oh if i'm balding i'll be jason statham i'll be in my 50s and i'll be dating this young model or it's a possibility if i if i wanted to Mm -hmm. so it's definitely not the same it's not even close to being the same am i insecure about certain things about myself yes if a um better looking guy is in a photo to me what's that called mogging or something what i believe there's a term called mogging it's when 
let's say you take a photo like there's this guy nemo who okay. was oh, in a yeah. sketch we shot and he's six seven he's buff he's an actor and when you stand beside him in a photo it's so clear that he's this like alpha male handsome actor type that the disparity is almost concerning if you were to look like <laughs> oh man okay that's that's what it means to be a seven or whatever you rate yourself and he looks like a nine or a ten but um yeah that is on my mind it's just not on my mind in the same way that it would be for a woman too because women i find are less looks based too if you look at any relationship women tend to go after personality a lot more mm-hmm. than men whereas that's a little bit uncommon in the male world every relationship is like the woman's so much better than the guy looks wise i find well i mean look okay, look at any movie since the dawn of movies it's been like guys that are older with younger women as the love interest and that's always how it's been and it's like okay that's why we think men can you know look great at an old age because they're playing a love interest at an older age yet the woman the female love interest is always super young and they we just still aren't putting enough women of appropriate age into those love interest roles and that's why and that's effed with people's you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, um, and I, th- I think that's it. Well, as, as a young person, it's like women like funny guys. That's what I was always told. It's like funny guys. And I think women are just trying to look good because mm-hmm. it's like men like attractive women. Look at any Adam Sandler movie. He's with like a younger hottie. Yeah. And I don't even movie. think Adam Sandler's that unattractive. No, but he, I mean. He's a schlub. <laughs> like if you look at him on the red carpet. He, the man is not trying at all. No, but he's he's never, I, I don't think, appropriately matched in that way to the women in the movies. And I can guarantee there's women and men listening now and they're being like, yeah, but Adam Sandler's, he's a 10 because of how sweet and funny and talented he is. It's like, yeah, well, it that just still kind of feeds the whole narrative. Yeah, the women's sweetness and funniness is never taken yeah. into account. It's like you could almost cast those Adam Sandler movies based on an 8 by 10. Yes. Let's get Drew Barrymore in uh, some rom-coms with like some you know guys like age appropriate yeah not guys that are 20 years old but even drew barrymore's like it's hilarious (laughs) thinking she's the schlub version she's like a a nine out of ten i was thinking because she's funny and she's so sweet Mm -hmm. like drew barrymore she just is always so sweet and funny and that's like she's kind of got a sandler thing in that way going on you know what i mean no totally also i want to say the way i'm casting this the show is called bulges and a bulge matters in this show so (laughs) We're discriminating more based on that. Yes, there are a lot of in-shape guys, but I cast a guy who's absolutely not in traditional good shape in his 50s. Also cast a guy who's 6'7 and like a beanpole. Like people who look a little unorthodox are being cast too. And the idea is we have a a good mix mm-hmm. of, of people and body types and the bulge is what really matters. And I am curious here because we're talking about the bulge. Now... I would assume that the bulge didn't matter because it's TV and everybody is stuffing the bulge. Is that going to be the case for all the actors on set or are some guys just bulgy enough? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg wasn't cast in Boogie Nights because he has a huge <laughs> dong. He They threw a dong on him. And some people were like, whoa, he has a dong. No, I like the, we're just casting based on acting right. talent and to some extent look because we want to have a diverse group. So that was a fake dong in Boogie Nights. I knew that. Barry Key. Keoghan's Keegan's dong that's huge in Saltburn. Well, is that is that fake or real? 
I think there's when spoiler alert here. So if you haven't seen the movie, but there you might have even just through osmosis know that he <laughs> he f***s a grave. I guess like at, <laughs> at one point in the movie, he's having intercourse with a yeah. grave site, and I think for him to get his penis in there, he had to have uh, an attachment. Okay, but the penis looks way more normal at mm-hmm. the dancing scene like where it's, he's totally I'm not saying it's small but it's not as huge as it looked when he's fucking the grave and the dancing scene he's doing like a two minute three minute naked dance around this big mansion totally naked everything's swinging but it still looks like it's a flaccid you know what i mean flaccid though just because it's not fully erect i do think he he worked on it a little bit what do you mean like penis and well, austin powers penis and larger pump no, you just, you don't get to the point where you're so hard. Oh, he you, fluffed it up. Yeah, you smack it around a little bit. <laughs> think like somewhat about baseball, but sometimes you're thinking about 90s <laughs> Pam Anderson. <laughs> I like that. I think that would be a good interview topic and I'd be interested to know. A good I, interview topic? I is think just, let, let's get Barry on and talk about the fluffing process, whether he does it, not. I think it's interesting. Yeah, well, then you get into that reverse sexism thing too. You know what? You're all for it. Yeah, it's it, there's it's been time. enough. There's been enough sexism towards women. I'm for it. Oh, okay, so revenge. Yeah, revenge yeah, sexism. Yeah, I guess. Honestly, I'm so I think about everything for a second. Even us talking about how like the history of movies and TVs is older guys with young girls, and they're supposed to be the same age or whatever, and is bull. Even that is like. It is much different because if you think about it, let's say an interviewer is being creepy with Anne Hathaway, which there are these clips going mm-hmm. around where interviewers are like, how did you get in the Catwoman suit? And she's like, why are you so obsessed with this? Yes. Um, but there's a world where that interviewer could actually stalk her, harass her afterwards and attack her. Small chance, but still mm-hmm. stranger things have happened. Rules are reversed. The woman doing that to a man. The man isn't scared of being overtaken by this yeah. creepy reporter after the meeting or having that seed of doubt of crossing the mm-hmm. line. So it is different. So I, I do think, yeah, your point is well taken. Yeah. Anyway, rever- reverse revenge. Wait, you know what I mean. Let's reverse get on- sexism is, <laughs> reverse is sexism. in. You heard it here first. Revenge sexism. All right, Shaney boy, with that pleasant note, mm-hmm. let's head on to the questions. Oh, okay. So that's it for the topics. You don't want to talk about how Lucy's taking 300 sports right now? All right. I, that was number one on my list. So I'll do a little question asking here. All right. Here. You do it. How do you feel about signing Lucy up for a sport literally every single day of the week? Okay. So it's it's five days of the week, I think, that we have obligations. And then there are the other two days where it's like, if she wants to go, we can. If not, we don't have to. Um You've taken her every day, though. You, you yeah, I've taken I've yeah. taken her seven days in a row now. Uh, it's a lot, but honestly, I'm having I'm having so much fun. Even if there's moments of stress, like Shane was watching me trying to leave the house with the kids, and the kids are schlubbing around. They're taking their time. We're like running late, and I was starting to lose my patience. And he's like, "Is this worth it?" But yes, I say it is worth it because even if there's moments of stress and chaos and frustration. I'm having so like personally, yeah. if it's from the parents' perspective, I'm having so much fun. I think it's so worth it. And the kids are ultimately having so much fun. Like they were having a blast at their tennis lesson. Lucy has taken up martial arts and she is an ass kicker, certified ass kicker. It, for never having done it before, she is loving every second of it. Like, is it not so much fun? 
to watch her. She definitely loves jujitsu. Is she going tonight? She's going to karate tonight. Karate tonight. Jiu-jitsu yeah, tomorrow. she loves it more than anything. And today she's having kind of a downer day. So I'm hoping that kicks up her energy because mm-hmm. dro- drop off was terrible today. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think we can't be stressed out. Even if we're stressed out getting out the door, let's just do everything 10 minutes earlier, mm-hmm. you know, teamwork styles. And then if we're frustrated, let's not act it because we need for the shoot to be tip top, you know, acts of service for each other, everything keeping the train going in a happy way. It's true. So we overall, it's worth it though for you. 100 in thousand percent um and it's like we have a really stressful two weeks ahead of us where the sports is conflicting with everything and then we're going to have to next week when we're actually filming get grandparents to be taking them to the sports but they're all on board everybody's on board and it's not worth not doing the sports just because we have a busy two weeks okay worth you mentioned how much is this costing Oh, pretty penny. No, how much? Though? Okay. So karate is unlimited classes for two months plus her uniform. And that was 189. 189? Yes. That doesn't sound too bad. No. Uh and it's unlimited. And but it Lucy, adds up, yeah. But Lucy went five times last week. Like okay. she's getting her money. What about worth. tennis? Tennis is one thirty nine per kid. Okay. For I think the next three months. Dumb and up. that's like essentially private lesson swimming is 150 per kid for each five for five lessons okay and then that's all that's all i'm i have them free skating lessons free from a friend free is free okay that's good no further questions we can move on to the question segment though so yes further questions just not from us talking to each other okay so we are at the mailbag (laughs) segment this is where we take questions And uh, you answer them. You do some research. We've been under the gun a little bit, so maybe not as much research today as other days, but let's get on with it. The first question actually was a research question because I didn't have a great answer. The first Mm. question is, did you have an epidural during labor and what are the pros and cons of an epidural? What is an epidural right off the bat? So an epidural is the shot that you get. It's a needle in your spine that you are getting when you're in labor that takes away the pain of the contractions. So it's a pain, it's pain medication. Okay. Yes. So if I was just being asked what are the pros and cons of an epidural without doing any research, I'd say no cons, all pros, loved the epidural, great experience, would do it every time. However, I looked it up because obviously I know there are risks associated with it, but the pros I'm going to go through really quick. You'll experience very little or no pain about 10 to 20 minutes after you get it. So like with the first one I had, do you remember this, Shane? This was awful. They had a student doing it because I was at like a learning hospital. Yeah. And this, I guess this part kind of sucked. So he came in and he couldn't find it. So he stabbed me a couple times with the needle and then it only went on one side of my body So I'm going through labor pains on like my right side only. So they had me sitting a certain way, but then it still wasn't moving. So he had to come in and give it to me again. And it was, that was pretty crappy. But then after that was done, it was nice. Um, The second time I had the epidural, had the anesthesiologist himself and he was amazing and got it so fast and it was perfect. And then the baby started coming 15 minutes after I got it. And thank God they work quickly because it, kicked in literally two minutes before Betty started coming out. And it was like the most perfect timing ever. Um, You may be able to fully rest and or sleep after it's placed. Case in point, after they finally got it right with Lucy, 
and I mean, we've been on Adam Sandler a little bit this podcast, but Shane and I put on a Sandler movie in the delivery room and I was finally like resting and laying in bed and we were watching Adam Sandler on the iPad. Do you remember that? What movie was that? I can't remember. <laughs> were we watching like 50 First Dates or something or like... Might have been the new one. Yeah, doesn't matter. Something. And it was it was fun. It was relaxing. Uh, you might feel more alert or present during labor or pushing because you don't have to worry about the pain. So you might be more in tune with the situation. No numbing medication would be needed for repair if you tear. Like they can just go ahead and do it. And I had to get an episiotomy. They fixed it up right away. Um, and then you can get one at any time during your labor unless your baby's coming out. So you're pretty good. The cons, it might not work right? Like my right side wasn't kind of working. Um, it may slow down the contraction pattern. It didn't for me, but it might. You can't get out of bed and moving around in bed usually requires some help if you get one, right? Because you can't feel like from your waist down. It might make pushing more difficult and might increase the time you have to push. This didn't happen with me. For Lucy, I think I've pushed for like 15 minutes. And for Betty, I think I pushed a total of like three to five minutes, right? That was fast. Yeah, it was really fast. Um, and then there might be side effects. Uh, there might be a blood pressure drop. There might be nerve damage, but that's like a super, super rare complication, but obviously still a complication. And you're at a slightly higher risk for tearing or having to get like a forceps delivery because maybe the baby's blood pressure is dropping and you got to get it out quick. But honestly, give me the epidural over ring of fire any freaking day. Yeah. Would you say, okay, so obviously there's a lot of hype about how tough pregnancy is. You yes. know, it's like women and 9-11 firefighters, toughest people in the world because they can give birth. But was it, if you have an epidural, is it still the hype of giving birth? Um, if you have an epidural, maybe the actual baby getting spit out isn't because you can't feel it. I did not feel it. However, the contractions leading up to it, brutal. And then the second the epidural wears off and mm -hmm. you are just left with either your C-section wounds or your exploded vaginal wounds. Oh my God. Every second of every day after that is so that's the part brutal. talked about lesser i find it's the after how hard it is afterwards isn't talked about right? it's awful oh no it's awful and like i couldn't i had ptsd from pushing so it was so hard for me to even poop for almost six months like mm -hmm. i'd get nervous so nervous and so scared and it would take me like a half hour of sitting on the toilet to even do a little tiny tiny poo is okay so if you have an epidural does it make the after part a little bit harder um, it might just because you might tear more, right? Yeah, you might tear more, but also, um, you can't walk right away. Although, like, I don't want to be walking if I just mm -hmm. spit out a baby. You might you know want to take I mean? a brisk jog around the block. <laughs> so, yeah, that that might be if you want to be for some reason up and at them the second you push out your baby, then no. But I think most women are resting or trying to feed or doing whatever. And you're not so concerned about getting up right, right away. You so know what I mean? You don't want to bounce back in record time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. So next question. I loved epidural. I'm leaving it there. Okay. So this person, what is quote East Coast music unquote? I'm from the US and I'm unfamiliar with Canadian music terms. So this is because I guess when I put out the question thing, that same day, I had asked people, I had, I had said, oh, the kids are listening to East Coast music during drop-off. Well, that's what, is, is Snoop Dogg or Tupac? Are they, <laughs> which one is it? Well, which, who's West Coast? Biggie? 
Biggie's West Coast. No, Biggie's from New York. No, he's from LA. He's from California. Yeah, yeah. But I, what we're talking about is fiddle music, right? We are talking like Canadian East Coast. East Coast fiddle music. So it's like an amalgam of what I'd say Irish music and just like the girls call it pirate songs sometimes. A lot of sailing songs, songs about water and oceans and fishing. I, I had a little ditty. I jumped on me boat. It's all like that. You know, you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to treat us to another uh, freestyle, East Coast freestyle. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but so it's okay. If you're, if you're interested in wanting to know what it's like, the kids love this song called Heave Away by The Fables. It's a great one. One of my personal favorites that I will, anytime Shane and I have a couple brewskis, and if we're out at a pub and there's a band playing, I will pester the band to do this song which they hate because there's like 30 verses and no instruments it's all singing but it's called barrett's privateers and it is by stan rogers so the last guy you asked to do it loved that you asked i know they were blue mountain that was amazing that was in the middle of just at the end of covid too so there was like very few people at the bar it was when all the tables were separated by glass still i I don't think think at that place was it yeah oh between us and the bar it was there was glass no. I believe. Was there was there not? No. no. I'm getting my uh, fun times mixed up. Yeah. As you do. Ski, a couple ski people in. don't care about germs. <laughs> they all have syphilis. <laughs> Is syphilis high in the ski community? I don't, I don't know. You don't hear about syphilis much. You hear about gonorrhea a lot because that's, I think, the most common. I syphilis don't hear, you don't hear about. No. But I don't hear about anything not being like on the dating scene. Yeah, no one's like, I got gonorrhea <laughs> from my wife. <laughs> the tractor seat. Um, okay, next question. Men say they like, quote unquote, natural women, but then follow Instagram models and women with lots of work done. The math ain't mathing. What is up with this? I'm well, letting you take this, Shane. Well, I think there might be some confusion on sexy versus what they actually want to be with you know so in you can relate to this probably like you read these fantasy novels true and it's like you know some of it is quite gross the stuff you're reading but in a fantasy this will never happen world you like it like um there's there's these hockey smut not not that you read that i haven't i've never read hockey smut i just know they exist but hockey smut is where you know kind of these maybe douchebag hockey players Mm -hmm. that are kind of taking advantage of women and in the fantasy of it all the women like it and i think they might not want to be with the hockey player Mm -hmm. but they like the fantasy of it yeah so it's like that with guys too they might not be wanting to be in a relationship with somebody who's all filled with injectables or very vain or some way that's like exaggerated features Mm -hmm. that you know a, a lot of these people who are so concerned with their their face injectables they might not like that in a wife or a girlfriend but in the fantasy they kind of want like these exaggerated features and i do think you know that can be mixed up like oh that's what you want mm-hmm. so it's like what they like for the fantasy but it's not what they want yeah it, it's like the hockey smut the but hockey- then why wouldn't you want to be with your fantasy well, uh, to explain the hockey smut, the, the human psychology is is crazy. Like women have rape fantasies. They don't want to be raped. Yeah. Uh, they want to live in this weird world. Like everyone has different fantasies. It's not that they actually want them. Like, uh, you know, 
just because you have a babysitter fantasy doesn't mean you want to sleep with a babysitter. It's a stupid world, this whole pornography thing or like mm-hmm. stepmom stuff or mom stuff, incest stuff. People don't actually want it. It's that it's so wrong. It feels right in like the deep recesses of your mind, mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm honestly, you understand what like the books you read are bordering on disgusting, Alex. No, no, they're not. It's like his... It's like, it's insane. Yeah, but that's not like that. The the descriptive nature, it's it's The descriptive so... nature, but like the people in the books aren't, um, I don't think, far off from So you want to have people... intercourse with a man who's part bat? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the way you said that yeah. and the, the way that it sounds, I guess, um, in the... <laughs> A Court of Thorns and Roses, like one of the hottest guys, or the three hot guys in the book all have like bat wings. Yeah, that's bestiality though. You don't actually want to, when you see a bat, you don't get turned but on, they do don't you? Have, they're not like animals, actually. They just have wings. It's like, it's they're like part a part animal. But it's like a fairy. A fairy might have wings and you wouldn't say they're an animal. No, I don't want to have sex with a fairy though. <laughs> that would be like insect stuff to me. Insects. Insects. Yes, <laughs> but uh, people understand this. Like you know, maybe that mm. needs to be explained when it comes to the Instagram model because well, that's it's human on human. Yes, and I and I think that the difference there is that it's like that's a real life person that they're connecting with in some way and seeing in real time. And I do think that if that makes you feel uncomfortable, then that's something that you can have a conversation about because I think that's different from reading something or thinking about something, you know, and creating some kind of fantasy. Like that's a real person that they're connecting with. So if that makes you feel uncomfortable, that's when I'd say you have a discussion with your partner or your spouse about it and determine mm-hmm. boundaries in that regard. You know what I mean? But sure, like look at the Jeremy Allen White commercial yeah. or Calvin Klein. I'm not saying the women don't want to sleep with this man, but, and then they don't fantasize about him, but they might not want that type, someone who's that fit they might not be attracted to that in a real Mm -hmm. world relationship Mm -hmm. but in fantasy world sure give me brad pitt and thelma louise but in real (laughs) life it's like that person's waking up at 6 a.m they're counting their macros they that might not be their ideal lifestyle it's like us right now yeah it is brutal lifestyle yeah and i'm the worst of both worlds (laughs) i'm counting macros and i have a belly (laughs) you oh shane well you look you look great oh thanks you're my you're my fantasy as mariah carey might say okay i like that little sans, joke sans bat wings um okay the next question that could be a good halloween costume though me as mariah carey no you as a bat wing guy gotcha yeah make make the old wifey happy alex i'm gonna be Ill. <laughs> <laughs> remember when i used to try to talk you into getting a kilt when i was big into outlander yes see that that stuff still i still think you should get a kilt all right, it's on the list. All right, I'll look on Amazon after this. <laughs> Parenting styles you disagree with your spouse. <laughs> I love the, the segue into parenting styles. So okay, parenting styles you disagree with your spouse on and how you handle that. So I I think, you know, maybe unless it's something egregious and crazy that you are so strong, feel so strongly about then maybe it's just that you let whatever is happening happen and then discuss it later and not in an accusatory way, but in a, hey, why did you approach it like that way? Hear their reasoning. They might surprise you. They might have a great reason for that. 
And then you maybe explain why you wouldn't have approached it that way and what you would have done instead. But like, maybe there's a great reason why they approach something that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just might be different from how you would have. But I think there's a lot to learn from your partner if they are parenting intentionally. I think if somebody's parenting emotionally, that's a little bit different. But if they're parenting intentionally and doing things intentionally, then that's a little bit different. And I think it is always so worth a conversation and not just a conversation, but it's worth us going into that conversation with open minds and being truly willing to listen to what they have to say. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, like you're for bedtimes, you were a lot more nurturing mm-hmm. than me and my style is to be a little bit more like let them cry it out a little bit because the nurturing might take too long. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of discuss how to approach it so we can make bedtime, not this like two hour hour ordeal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that I disagreed with. And you agreed with a little bit until it got to the point where bedtimes were just taking too long. Mm-hmm. So now it's like happy medium. Yeah. Within that, um, there was something actually you did the other day that I didn't agree with and I never brought it up again because oh, I me. forgot and I'm only remembering right now. Lucy was talking about her karate and her jujitsu and how she likes it so much. And then Shane, was he had showed her a picture of when he was little, him and his sister in their geese doing martial arts. And she's like, oh, why... Why didn't you keep doing it? And Shane's like, well, I thought it was boring. And then I, in my brain, I was like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because I feel like with the kids, if you plant an idea like that in their brains, they'll internalize it and start thinking it, even if they don't feel it. And because I've seen that happen with other things. So I was just getting worried that she might internalize that. Because I found with taking her to these sports, that if she ever looks at me, and I have like no reaction or I'm busy doing something else, she has less interest in it. But if she looks at me and I'm like, whoa, great job. That was awesome. Then she like psychs herself up and tends to like it more. Yeah. I also like to be super authentic Mm -hmm. with Lucy and she knows that. And I'm trying to create a trust with her too. Mm -hmm. So with art, Lucy's always like, why, why don't you draw and i go i'm not good at drawing why why not i go when i was a child art never interested me why not i go i found art boring i go you love art i do i don't love art you're a great artist though lucy i'm not and lucy already can print better than me she's a better artist and that's just that and i think if you have a passion for something which lou obviously has a passion for karate Mm -hmm. she obviously has a passion for art it's I can be honest with her. If she's on the fence and scared, like swimming, yeah. she's terrified of swimming because we take her to a very intense swimming lesson. So that I'm not like, listen, I'm not a good swimmer either. And I had no interest in it as a child. I'm like, you can do hard things. And I'm trying to encourage her. So I kind of can tell what she's actually going to pursue no matter what mm-hmm. I say and things that she actually needs a helping hand, even though I'm not I'm not a good swimmer. I never took proper swimming lessons. I was terrified of swimming and I'm suffering for it. Same with skating. Mm. I'm not not like, I found skating boring. I'm just like, daddy's a bad skater (laughs) and he wishes that he had lessons like this when he was growing up because now I can't skate. Yeah, and honestly, and that's my like, if I'm looking bigger picture reasoning for signing them up for 300 sports right now, it's like, I want them to be teens or adults who can you know, if somebody suggests they go do something, they can just say yes and at least have like a mediocre understanding of how to do that thing. Like you want to go shoot hoops, you want to go play tennis, you want to go skating. 
they can say yes and they can go do it. And yeah. I've already decided next winter is going to be my skiing or snowboarding winter. Yeah, I, I hate that, but that's fine. Yeah, you, you you come with me to the hills, help get them ready, and then you can go hang out in the lodge. I'm just so scared of death by skiing. Uh, skiing has the highest death rate of any sport. But it, it won't be extreme. And people in the day, like when I first started learning skiing as a kid, I wasn't wearing a helmet. People now, everybody wears a helmet skiing or snowboarding. I never did. Mm-hmm. And so many people used to die because they wouldn't wear helmets. How many near-death experiences have you had skiing? Oh, no, I've had bad wipeouts, but never like anything near death. No? Okay. No, but bad, like bad wipeouts, but you always kind of just get up and keep going. Y'all indeed. <laughs> and our final question. I like that you guys are doing keto together in caps. How can I get my husband to make healthy living choices slash work out more with me without sounding like a jerk? So I don't know the the background here like i don't know if you work out he doesn't you want to work out or if you just want a partner in going forward and like making healthy decisions for you because it is so much easier to live a certain way if your partner's doing it with you like it's way more fun too it's way more doable especially if you're making the meals everything becomes easier and um you know in our house Alex makes the meals. So Mm -hmm. again, cooking something I find extremely boring. It's excruciating for me (laughs) to do. I'm such a like go to a restaurant, take out food, waste a ton of money doing that in my life. But Alex has found this joy of cooking. So if you are the person making the meals in your house and you can find tasty, healthy recipes, that's just one thing to kind of kick start or get your husband or partner in this mode of health. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. The, The change is tough the first seven days first 21 days of change is really the hardest part to get through because after 21 times of doing something that's what gets a habit formed but food diet huge if you can control the person's diet then that that's going to change everything little changes could go a long way in getting that person interested in living a healthier lifestyle also a little meeting like find a little time in the day to be enthusiastic about it Mm -hmm. like i have this awesome plan we can do it together. Find something that maybe, you know, that somewhat mm-hmm. interests them. If you know this man is the least flexible person in the world, <laughs> don't start with intermediate Pilates. You know, Alex tried that with me. And I was so discouraged my first Pilates lesson. I started with beginner's Pilates or, you know, something mm-hmm. that's very easy to tip your toe into so you don't frustrate your partner right off the bat with something way out of their league. A lot of women are more flexible than men, so sometimes you want to do a workout together and it really mm-hmm. is works for the woman but not the man, vice versa, you know, sometimes men want to lift weights and it's not fun for the woman because there's not the appropriate weight disparity. Yeah. So that's the key. I suggest food being the gateway even if you're not the person cooking, find takeout options or just things that maybe he can incorporate when when he's making the meals or yeah just diet start with diet is my advice and two start with a meeting family meeting i think that's so smart and i think another thing is not putting too much pressure on the other person like shane said encourage them get pumped up about it that is so smart because if you're like we're doing this and you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this focus on the things that they will get out of it and the ways that it will be fun rather Mm -hmm. than making them feel like you're controlling how they're going to live. Nobody likes that. It is so unfun. And then whether, you know, maybe you're trying to get your other partner into weightlifting, like Shane said, 
come up with exercises that that person can do. You, if you're going to be the leader in this, if you're going to be encouraging them, then help them out with it. Mm -hmm. So like on days that I don't get maybe a cardio workout in, I don't care because I know that every single night and we've been doing it even late, like we have been so good about doing this, but Shane and I have been doing 20 minutes of beginner Pilates every single night. And I look forward to it all day. It just, it's a way of moving that feels amazing. We're doing it together. We're making progress together. And it's really become like a relaxing feature of our nights where we put the kids to bed. Once they're asleep, we pull up our mats, move the coffee table out of the way, and we do Pilates in the living room. Yeah. And I, I actually look forward to it too. Whereas when we first started doing it, sometimes Alex would slip in an intermediate <laughs> and I hated it. It made me angry. Yeah. Well, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being a good leader. I was making it too difficult. I wasn't being a good leader. But I think now that we're just on the beginners, it's still hard. And then you can, if you need more, they'll give you options to like make it more tough. Take those. You can make an intermediate lesson out of a beginner lesson. Yeah. And enthusiasm is contagious too. 100%. Like I know if I'm really into a video game for like a month, I can suck you into that world. 100%. It's like um, Taylor Swift made football fun. Yeah. So so many uh, people have tried to get their partner into watching like a football game. And then it just seems like a really complicated sport to follow. But now Taylor Swift has made the game fun. People are just looking for reactions and stuff yeah. like that. And it's a really great gateway into enjoying the sport. And then you pick up things just by having fun. So even if you're not watching the game so intently, paying attention to everything you're going to pick it up. And next year, I think, is going to be the biggest year for football. And I it's believe like it. With my Pilates class I do with you, some of the things, even at in or at beginner, are too hard for me. Mm -hmm. But I know, I know like if she does seven moves, I can do five of them. And I'll just back out on two of them. And I'm still kind of having fun and I'm making progress. I got to give a word on, on the whole football thing that you said. Football is entertainment. Pro sports are entertainment, bottom line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so funny because a lot of people are getting up in arms about women taking interest in football. They're like, well, they're not in it for the right reasons. Like they're bandwagoning, whatever. Do you think the NFL cares? They're selling more tickets. They're selling more jerseys. No, the NFL doesn't care. No, no one thinks the it. NFL cares. That's, well, no, people do. People do. I'm not even kidding. On the internet, I've been seeing people comment on like women getting into sports. That the like NFL this. cares. Yes. Shane. Why? It's a business. I know. But these people think, oh, well, they're not real fans, whatever. It's like, how do you think real fans are created? Real fans get sucked in at some point in their life, whether it's through a parent, a friend, catching a game on TV, Taylor Swift going, something. And then you become a fan. Like, don't... I don't think you're getting it right. I think men just think people are in it for the wrong reasons. The NFL loves it. Yeah, of course they do. Men don't think the NFL doesn't love it. Men are enraged that the they're getting viewers for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, but it's like there are, I don't think there are wrong reasons. And I think if you're getting a fan, a long-term fan, who cares how they're getting sucked in? Appreciate that the fandom is growing and that it's going to be more fun because more people are into it. Of course. Yeah, that's, yeah, of course. No, no, Shane, I'm not kidding you. There is so much. It's women essing on other women because they're like, I was an original football fan. That's what I'm seeing in comment sections. You're talking about Reddit trolls, though, that are the 0.5% of all people in existence. Who are all the worst people in the world gather together and they create <laughs> a Reddit account against other women. I know. You know, and 
that's and then you you get fooled into thinking oh this is a popular consensus out there in the real world but it's it's not it's like when you get those um you know weird trump supporter people yes. who are so extreme you think oh every corner of the world just has so many people doing this it's like they have to band together because there's so little of them mm-hmm. they need an organized group or it's just not going to exist. But I got yeah. it. That that is the case, and I have become so. My girls in my book club were talking about it because they're often on it, and I was like, started looking at it, and now I can't stop. It, just like when I was looking at the incel message boards. Yeah, it's just so fascinating. Well, anyone who's really popular, jealousy is going yeah. to. There's going to be a contingent of people, smaller contingent that's very jealous and very vocal about it Mm -hmm. it's like you in high school when people spreading rumors about you because you're the prettiest nicest person in the world of course you have to have some thing wrong with you or you're Mm -hmm. you're there's a reason to hate you because there's no reason to hate you and people don't like a perfect person necessarily because it makes them feel bad about themselves Mm -hmm. and guys are like oh i've been following the nfl for years i know everything inside (laughs) out and then these other people are claiming that they're super fans, the biggest fans. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm the biggest fan. Can you name 10 players in the I was the, just going to say team? name 10 players. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to know anything inside. Now, like, I'm probably one of the biggest Zelda fans in the world. <laughs> I know so little about the lore of it yeah. and the, the names of the characters and everything. I just love it. And sometimes the people that are just so nerdy about it and so technical about it, they have the least fun watching it because they get their emotions are too wrapped up in it. Bad yeah. game, they're upset for days. Hate their wife, hate their kids in their own little angry bubble. Yeah, joy is important when you're into something. Hundred percent. I love to see. Uh, like I, last night, I didn't watch the Bills game, but so many people are posting about it. Yes. It felt good just knowing that everyone was banding together in some way, rooting for this team that last year they probably wouldn't have even cared about. It's just one more thing to add a little bit of joy to your life. And that's fun. Especially not caring so much about the outcome, mm-hmm. just the journey of it. Have is, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with it. Have fun with the keto. Have fun with the freaking football, everything. And I think that's like a super nice note to go out on. It is. Have fun giving us a five-star review on this <laughs> podcast, we hope. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 196.